if you think about CMO in particular, they've always had to have a large portion of their time focused on the customer. What's the customer voice? What's happening with the customer? How do we hear what they need from us as a business? Now they're having to spread their time around all these organizational pieces as well and keep the emotional health of not only their department, but the entire company and that heartbeat and the brand internally. Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Hey there, folks. Welcome to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. My guest today is Katie Klumper, who is the CEO of Black Glass Consulting. Katie, what's happening today? Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. I'm I'm actually very surprised and happy to hear that you're originally from, from BC and Coquitlam. So that was a cool little uh cool little learning today. A fun fact for sure. Fun fact Small for sure. World. You have to be armed with fun facts in the corporate world. Otherwise, you know, you get caught off guard at impromptu meetings. But I know a little bit about you. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, uh, what Black Glass does, and then we'll get into it. Absolutely. Uh, Katie Klumper, I'm the CEO and founder of Black Glass. We are a marketing consultancy. And so we do strategy specifically for the CMO. And what we mean by that is uh, delivering strategy that is highly action-oriented is easy to implement by agencies and their internal groups and be able to drive impact in a very short period of time, knowing how much pressure CMOs are under to be able to deliver revenue and growth right away. Cool. I love that. What are some of the things that you're seeing uh, CMOs specifically experiencing now? And then uh, if you want to add that into like how that's affecting organizations as a whole, that'd be great. Yeah, it's actually... it's all one of the same answer. And the biggest thing we see impacting uh, CMOs is organizational redesign, mm. talent retention. Um, you know, there's this big trend right now where uh, talent's asking for more. They want more salary. They want better cultures. Parallel, these CMOs are getting a lot of pressure in terms of uh, revenue and growth. And so trying to find the right mix of, do I have the right people? Do I have them in the right seats? How do I retain them? How do I motivate them? are one of the biggest challenges right now because if CMOs can nail that and get the right people around them, the growth, the consumer, the execution will all lead from that. Mm. Are you finding any uh, kind of trends or changes in the kind of other side of the landscape, like the market? Because obviously as demands change, people change, past two years, like behaviors have changed. What are some of those new trends that CMOs are having to deal with, adapt, to in addition to the internal forces that are affecting their work. Yeah, I would have said like, you know, two or three weeks ago, it's, you know, what is, you know, the the now of work, you know, we could say future of work, but it's happening now. Mm. Uh, you know, what is that? And how do you have, you know, the right hybrid model, the, you know, being able to have the right benefits, being able to have the right upskilling. So we're seeing this pendulum swing where we've got, you know, before CMOs were really focused on talent retention. What, how do I start to retain them? How do I really focus on benefits and hybrid and keep them engaged and motivated. Well, as soon as earlier this week, we saw Netflix have to do massive layoffs. So now these leaders are having to go from retain, 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 because I'm losing my talent to yes. And now I have to also 
try to reconfigure my team because I'm no longer to able to have all those individuals. So when we talk about one of the biggest headaches around organizational design, it, it continues to be this push and pull of keep my best, restructure for what I don't have, and be able to cut costs. And you know, it is a challenging balance, especially when you're dealing with a lot of volatility in the market. Having been in the industry for a long time, and happy to, for you to speak to that experience, how do you see that being a shift? Like, obviously, they're being thrown into kind of like a new ocean. But, you know, when people are used to a certain way of being for so long, mm-hmm. are you seeing that CMOs and teams embracing that, resisting that? Are they in this like weird nebulous place where they're just like, I don't know what's happening. Like, what are you feeling from people right now? They're embracing it. It's something that's always been on their mind. But if you think about CMO in particular, they've always had to have a large portion of their time focused on the customer. What's the customer voice? What's happening with the customer? How do we hear what they need from us as a business? Now they're having to spread their time around all these organizational pieces as well and keep the emotional health of not only their department, but the entire company and that heartbeat and the brand internally. And so that's where we're just seeing them pulled in a lot of different ways, more so than normal and having to spread their time on more efforts than uh, before they needed to. Hmm. How do you see that push and pull? Because I, I hear it from like their teams as in who they're managing. But if you look at the role of a CMO within a leadership team, how are yeah. they having to push pull there. And I say that because some of our listeners are CEOs, some of them are CFOs, and that like kind of dance has to happen. Obviously, communication is key, but how are you seeing that push and pull impacting your clients and their people? Yeah, I would say it's less push and pull and probably more integration and collaboration. You know, as we all know, the C-suite a lot of the time can be very divided mm. for rightful reasons. Is it, you know, between finance, finance trying to save money, you've got, you know, CMOs who are trying to spend the money to grow You've got a lot of different agendas to achieve the same objective. Mm. And the de- previously, the debate is what really helped keep kind of both the tension and the growth. Now, we're seeing a lot more collaboration, a lot more over communication across all of those groups. But the problem is that they have to. And you no longer can live in the silo. And so that's where we've seen this kind of great unlock of CMOs being able to have a larger seat at the table to be able to help all of these other groups in different ways that wouldn't have happened previously. Yeah, that makes sense. How has it been for you as somebody is who is both an advisor? How has that journey gone? And then how is it your journey as a CEO running a team in this environment? What are some of the things that you're challenged with? What are some of the things that have been like really big ahas and learning as you've had to adapt your own team through this process? Yes. So for our clients, we saw that this was really lonely and isolating these last two years. And we keep thinking like we're going to get out of what we call it, right? Mm. Whether it's the pandemic or the social divisiveness, or if we're looking at uh, you know, Ukraine, we keep thinking that, you know, things are going to normalize, that this is the normal. And so we found these roles are really isolated. So we ended up actually creating a service offering called CMO House, which is all about how do we unite the community and empower and inspire and support these leaders in a way that felt very alone, especially when people were alone in their offices and it was all virtual and being able to get the support system, not only from us as advisors, 
but from their peers who are in the same shoes. And so um, that's one thing that we found they were dealing with that we kind of stepped in to really be able to help nurture that community and, and create some togetherness um, during that time. Mm. For me as a CEO, uh, it depends on the day you ask me. <laughs> uh, our business was started 10 days before the pandemic lockdown and not by choice. Um, it was a nugget of an idea that uh, a few of us had for a while and we decided to bring it to life and then lockdown happened. So I would say in the moment, uh, if you had asked me, it was uh, not the easiest, but looking back, it was the best time. If you think about it, we had a blank piece of paper. We had a really great consumer insight in terms of what these leaders were looking for. And so we, at a time that other people were retreating and trying to figure out furloughs and layoffs and, and how do they pivot the business, we were actually leaning in mm. and saying, let's build something, not only purpose-built for the CMO, but for today and what they need. And how do we build services and offerings and structures and strategies and frameworks that help them cope with what's going on now? So you know, similarly uh, to the CMOs, we just band together with other founders and consultants to help create something that was really unique. Cool. What was uh, how do I want to ask? I'm sure there was a lot of humbling experiences, through that. <laughs> but as a, as a CEO, what was something that you're like, whoa, like that you really learned and that stuck with you about leading teams specifically for where you sit? What was a big aha for you in that two years and so on? Oh, so many ahas. There's a daily aha is what I will tell you. Um, humbling doesn't even begin to describe the experience of, of startups, uh, let alone startups now. It's all about the people. And so I don't know if it's as much an aha as much as it is just like a constant reminder that for me, I always want to hire people who are way smarter than I am. And I want to have people alongside me who can teach me and look and help me learn and challenge. And so for me, it's keeping that front and center. And how do I uh, recruit those types of people? How do I inspire these types of people? How do I create a culture that they can participate in a meaningful way that they feel like their business this business is as much their own. While it may have started with me, it, it will continue long after because of them. And trying to find that shared ownership between all of the incredible people who I am not only humbled, but honored to sit alongside every single day. And so for any other kind of startups and strategists out there, I would say the same. Hire the best people. What's one practice like operationally that you do that supports your ability to do that? Flexibility. We offer a lot of flexibility within our group. So for example, um, we were very progressive in terms of not only providing um, unlimited vacation, which is we can debate the pros and cons and all those things because do people take unlimited vacation? But we said unlimited vacation, but on t but a minimum of four weeks. So it encouraged people, yes, to have unlimited and take the vacation, but we also want to make sure that there's a minimum that you're taking. In addition, we have five weeks that we close the office. Wow. That is truly downtime. And so we started to look at it as percentages of like, how are people spending their brain power? And so when they're here, they're here and driving hard and invested, but we're giving moments for people to truly step back, not only for their own personal time, but the company mm. to take a moment to breathe because like, all of us, we've run really hard as strategists and consultants, and you need that refresh in your brain. The other thing I would say is we are an all virtual environment. And so we focus on offsites 
And how do we have really meaningful connections that we can get together and hang out outside, doing activities, playing games, like things that are just like normal, like the, the last one we went to Napa. And that human connection really gets you through a lot of things as a company and being able to build those deep personal relationships. That's awesome. When we were going through our own strategic planning through the past two years is one of the things, our strategic priorities was human connection because we knew that we would be feeling it, but we also knew that our clients would be feeling it and like literally verbatim that because it was just like you were in this isolating, strange, weird place, but you were all in it together. And it's really cool to see how you've kept those important pieces through the past two years as a founding company value to get that high performance, but really make sure that your people are taken care of. And it's it's evident to me that that's a, a value that you put very highly. So I think that's really cool. I love what you're doing. I think it's awesome. Uh, where can people connect with you? Where can they learn more about the work that you do? Yeah. Follow us on LinkedIn, Black Glass Co. You know, on LinkedIn, we post a lot of great content, a lot of frameworks. Our big philosophy is we love to share our thinking, our frameworks, our learnings. We are a big fan of dispersed knowledge. And so uh, there you can learn not only about us, but also what are useful tips and tricks and hacks that you can use within your own day-to-day. Awesome. I'm going to check it out. Katie Klumper, Black Glass Clo, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure and really cool to see what you're doing on the other coast. Thank you so much. Folks, be sure to follow Black Glass Co. on LinkedIn. Be sure to look at how you can support your people, whether that's unlimited vacation or just really recognizing how hard they work and how passionate they are for your organization. You'll get the best of them. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it better as a CEO and leader. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Katie, uh, my name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week, so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.